Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Swalman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Good morning, everybody. And before we get going, first, the message from Kendrick Perkins yesterday on Pat McAfee. From Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick. I just called Kendrick. First, the message from Kendrick Perkins with Pat McAfee yesterday to Chris Canty. What's up, fellas? What's up? Hey, look. I haven't been on here in a while. Happy New Year. I feel like we can say Happy New Year to to the people that we love and care about until the beginning of February. Happy New Big Year, January 30th. Big <laughs> it's January 30th, dog. You're the only person in the world that's wishing somebody Happy New Year. January 30th. He Stop did it, it, dog. Stop it. There's Stop nothing it. CC likes less than the Happy New Year post like January 3rd. Smalls, Kendrick Perkins came on our air yesterday and gave a January 30th Happy New Year. No, not even post-January 3rd. January 2nd is the January cutoff day. January 2nd, okay, January sorry. 2nd is the cutoff day. Like, that's it. Plus or minus two days from New Year. That's it. That's all you got. After that, it's just, hey, dog, what's up? How you doing? Nope. January 30th, Smalls. I kind of love it. I kind of love that Kendrick Perkins was saying, I haven't seen you so far. We're still in January. It's still technically the beginning of a new year. Happy New Year. I think that we should carry it over to February. Yeah, no, well, I think if... It, I know what you're doing. Don't, don't do that. I, I think if anyone doing. hasn't called the show doing. this year, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and this is the first time you will talk to us in 2024, it would only be right for you to say Happy New Year upon arrival Correct. into our show today. Right. It's, just, yeah. it's the only thing to do. It's. I mean, how could you do anything else? Uh, last it's not night, a Happy New Year if you're a Lakers fan. Though. No, uh, it's not. Last night, the Los Angeles Lakers get uh, trounced by the uh, Atlanta Hawks, 138, 122. No, you, Anthony Davis. You had to use that adjective, trounced? I don't even think I said it right. You, you, had, to, you had to use that <laughs> word, What though? word would you like to use? No, I mean, they lost to they got the, trounced. the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> they got trounced. They got trounced. Misery loves company. Yeah, and, oh, my team's lost seven games your, your in a row in Miami. Awful. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are awful. Well, but but at least they're direct with each other because, uh, well, last night, LeBron James postgame had this to say about a message to his teammates. Brad, you guys are, are cursed staying on the road for the next couple of games. Big matchup against Boston, big matchup against the Knicks. Uh, what would your message be to your teammate and what can you do yourself, you know, to get that get back on the winning side of things? I don't have any message for my teammates. Just go out and do your job. I mean, <laughs> I'm not yet. Appreciate it. You had to cut me off because I was about to. Okay, so... Uh, so I don't have a message for my teammates. But he but, does. But the message is go out there and do your job. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a message because a few hours after LeBron James said that, LeBron James did, ladies and gentlemen, what LeBron James does, which is the passive-aggressive message. Because on Twitter last night, at King James, he put the hourglass. Just an hourglass emoji. Before we dive into what specifically that means for the Lakers, when you think of an hourglass and you see an hourglass, what comes to your mind? Days of our lives. Time is running out. 
Okay, you went literally, and you went days of our lives, the soap opera. Like sand through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. That's what I think of. Isn't there a game, like a board game that has an hourglass with it? Like a, a word game? on something. Oh, yeah. What is that game? You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're but talking I can't about. Is it catchphrase? No, 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 no. It's, it's like game. you hit something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what the, is Isn't it Boggle? Boggle. Boggle. That's yeah. what it is. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Boggle is what I think of. There you go. So it boggles our minds, the days of our lives, and time is running out with LeBron James and the Lakers. But, CeCe, you are a Lakers fan. LeBron James created this team, and it stems back to his decision to trade for Russell Westbrook and then the decision to get out of the Russell Westbrook trade. And by the way, I am dead wrong. I have egg on my face. I thought the Lakers were going to be good this year. So far, they're not. Yeah, I got hoes too. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I was holding on to the promise that guys like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura would take that next step in their overall development. Maybe you can get something out of D'Angelo Russell. Maybe he can get back to the all-star form that he once upon a time had. And then adding veterans like Torian Prince, not to, not to mention having Jared Vanderbilt on the roster, giving you defensive versatility. I thought this team had all the ingredients that they needed to in order to compete for a championship, or at least get back to the Western Conference Finals. But looking at this team right now, they're awful. Like At this point, Smalls, I hate watch my team. Oh. Like There was a point last night's game, I think it was like five minutes to go, where D'Angelo Russell actually passed the ball to Jalen Johnson for a fast-break dunk, like he was on his team. I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, what are we doing? Right, you should point out Jalen Johnson's on the Hawks. That's, that's, my, <laughs> but that's my point. Like, know, but he was literally <laughs> passing the ball to him. He's like, dog, he's not on your team. He's quite literally wearing a completely different color jersey. The, the Lakers had on yellow jerseys. The Hawks had on black jerseys. Kind of hard to get them confused. Sure. But it seems like that happens routinely. I mean, you look at this team last night. I mean, just the fast break points that they allowed the Atlanta Hawks to have. The Hawks last night had 68 points in the paint and 26 points off the fast break, and then they had 21 second chance points. The Lakers quite literally don't play any defense. Doesn't matter if it's three-point defense. Doesn't matter if it's being able to defend pick and roll. Doesn't matter if it's defending drives in the paint. They don't stop anybody. Everyone from the Hawks can get buckets. The Hawks had seven guys in double figures last night, including all five starters. The, The Lakers are off. They don't do anything well, and it's borderline lack of professionalism right now. That's where I'm at with L.A. If you're talking about taking on two teams in back-to-back nights between the Houston Rockets and the Atlanta Hawks that are both below 500 and giving up a total of 273 points, that just goes to show you that this team is not locked in. They're not locked in mentally. They're not locked in emotionally. And if you're LeBron James, they don't have the requisite level of urgency that you need them to in order to grow into a championship-caliber team. So you think that this is something that isn't talent-related? That no, it's it's no. more of a, a cohesion thing or a want to. It's a motivator cuff issue. Huh. It's a motivator cuff <laughs> issue. That that like I, that that that's the only thing I can come back to because I, I can't unsee what I saw last year. And I know that you don't pick up every season where you leave off, but this was a team that got to the conference finals and lost to the Denver Nuggets, who were the eventual champs. I mean, you got swept. You'd like to not get swept, but at the same time, I can understand it. You you were close. You were one of the final four teams. This team might not even make the playoffs. They're awful, Smalls. And LeBron said it in the postgame. He says, you know, on any given night, we can beat the best team in the league. But on any given night, we can lose to the worst team in the league. I mean, the Rockets are what? Four games under 500 and the Hawks are seven games under 500. And you lost in back-to-back nights to those two teams. And not just lost, got embarrassed. I mean, the margin of defeat was 16 points and it felt like it could have been 30. 
That's how bad it looked for the Los Angeles Lakers right now. And, and LeBron James is searching for answers, and unfortunately for him, there are none. Well, the other part of this like that I look at is when people are not the biggest LeBron, LeBron fans, like myself, like I, I know how great he is. He's arguably the second greatest player of all time. I know in real life he comes off as, a, as an amazingly good person who's done so many things for so many people, right? So it's not a personal thing. But this is what drives you crazy. I don't need the passive-aggressive hourglass days of our lives thing. I just don't need that. You spoke to the media afterwards, and now what's going to happen is everyone is going to be speculating about what this means. And if they make a trade today, he's going to say, I had nothing to do with that. You put the hourglass. We know the time is ticking. The trade deadline is next Thursday. We know that you're putting the organization on the clock. And the organization has done literally everything you've wanted. And part of what you wanted was getting Russell Westbrook, who has succeeded with the uh, the Clippers. Let's not act like Russell Westbrook was done. He was done in the role that he was in, but he's not done overall. And LeBron James, if you look at it, guys, he could could have had Buddy Heald. Didn't want to make that move. And we're going to have DeMar DeRozan. We're going to have DeMar DeRozan. The the, the deal was done. And I don't know that that was a perfect fit necessarily, but we know Russell Westbrook was not. It was a a better fit than Russell Westbrook. Definitely. At least DeMar DeRozan can shoot. From two, for sure. And Russ could not even do that with them, for sure. And we talk about lack of three-point shooting. I mean, you had Malik Monk. You didn't do anything with him. You had Malik Beasley last year, who's one of the top three-point shooters percentage-wise in the league this year with the Milwaukee Bucks. So there's something missing with the Lakers, but the hourglass thing that he tweeted last night is not going to help the cause here. Well, maybe he's putting his teammates on notice. I I don't think maybe. (laughs) Everybody is under the assumption that the Lakers are going to do something at the deadline, right? That's why LeBron signs the kind of contracts he does. He's got a player option for next year, so technically he can be out after this year if he wants to be. So the organization already has their marching orders. They, they already know, like Rob Palenka, they already know, like, look, we got to do something They're on the in, in order to get, get, get LeBron to a place where we can compete for a championship. But I think the hourglass last night on social media is more about him letting D'Angelo Russell know, Rui Hachimura know, Austin Reeves know. I ain't got much more patience with you dudes. Like, this was an opportunity for you guys to step up especially in the second night of a back-to-back after we got embarrassed by the Houston Rockets. You didn't just lose to the Rockets. You got bullied by the Houston Rockets. But you said it in terms of... You got bullied by them. Beating good teams and losing to bad teams. That's the tricky thing with the Lakers. I understand the Warriors' record is what it is, but Saturday night was one of the best wins of the year. They won against the Warriors in double overtime. If you tell me they beat the Celtics and the Knicks this week, I actually wouldn't be surprised by that. But you know that ain't going to happen. I understand that. (laughs) But 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 not the way they're playing right now. This is the problem. This team is the worst three-point defense in the entire entire league the worst three-point defense well okay but they also had Alex Caruso years ago they let him go yeah right I mean I understand some of it may have been an overpay some and and let's be also fair on this they they wanted Austin Reeves to be this third star Austin Reeves is not a third star on a team you found a guy Austin Reeves is a defensive liability the Hawks last night were searching him out it was take your turn whether it was Trey Young DeJounte Murray it didn't matter they it was take your turn on Austin Reeves like, that was their half-court set. That's their half-court offense was take your turn on number 15. That was their offense. Like, that's a problem. They've got, and I don't know how to get it fixed other than shipping Austin Reeves off. The only problem is, who are you going to bring back in return that's going to be reliable, that's going to take this team to the next level? The guy I that's don't know who that is. is the guy that they, the team that they played against last night with the Atlanta Hawks and DeJounte Murray, but his defense has not been as good recently no. anyway. But Smalls, when we go back to the hourglass yeah. thing and the meeting behind this, I'm now getting a lot of people on Twitter at Evco Radio that are also saying days of our lives. Yes, of course. So explain your logic. When you see the hourglass, 
at through the lens of Days of Our Lives as it applies to the Lakers. Have you ever seen Days of Our Lives? A hundred years ago. Okay, so it was. I don't know if it's still on. Probably because these soap I operas run is. forever. Yeah. They run for like a hundred years. But the open is an hourglass that's tipped over, and and the sand is running through. And they say just like through the or hold on, like the sand from the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. Basically, you're watching things. The the sand come through the hourglass. So time is ticking in real time, which is exactly what LeBron is saying. He's saying time is ticking. And there we go. Here we go. Days of our lives. <laughs> And I don't understand why he thinks doing that publicly is going to all of a sudden motivate his teammates. Say it to them behind the scenes. You you know what this is giving right now? It's kind of Aaron Rodgers-like. No, kind of. Is it not? It's exactly. Where he had a lot of control and how this team is constructed. He obviously has a, a lot of power in the organization and the moves that he was in favor of are not working out. And so what is he doing? He's going out there publicly, putting his teammates on notice. And I don't know if that's going to be beneficial. I don't know if all of a sudden your Lakers are going to wake up this morning and say, uh-oh, LeBron LeBron said something passive-aggressive in the media, and he tweeted the hourglass. Better get in the gym early today. If anything, I'd be like, really? Come on. This You're going to take this public? This is him. Fit in or fit out. We heard with Kevin Love years no ago. I need more playmakers. We This is what he does this time. A year, every year, seemingly with his basketball team. 888 ESPN, 888 What does the hourglass mean? When you see hourglass, you think what? And what does it mean as it applies to the Los Angeles Lakers? Coming up, could we have a last dance without a first dance? We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Dak has done nothing to change my mind of any promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. I believe in Dak Prescott. I think he's clearly the answer. Here's a guy who's two and five in the playoffs and has never gotten past the divisional round. Do you want to extend that quarterback when in his first eight years he's not shown you he can do it? Can they get Dak Prescott to be the guy when the lights are the absolute brightest in January as the same person they are in, you know, September, October, November, December? No, the Dallas Cowboys are not playing anytime soon. But as Aaron Rodgers does every Tuesday with McAfee, as Kelsey, Travis Kelsey has described, it's his game day. Anytime Jerry Jones speaks, it's game day for okay, the Dallas Cowboys. I was Cowboys. wondering where the hell you were going. Oh, don't worry. I have a, <laughs> I like, I have a direction. Like Cowboys and then Aaron Rodgers. I wasn't yeah. sure what was happening. Aaron Rodgers' game day confused. is every Tuesday. Sure. Yes. Or it was, I guess, every Tuesday. 
It's kind of Jerry Jones' game day. So the Cowboys in season is the all season? Or it... Yes. Okay. Right. It's game day is when he speaks. Mm-hmm. And we had that yesterday. It's unsportsmanlike. Presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. So uh, Dak Prescott is on his final year of his contract. Mike McCarthy is on the final year of his contract. That's the quarterback and the head coach. Jerry Jones had this to say yesterday about Dak's future with the Cowboys. Dak has done nothing to change my mind of any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Oh, right. Okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. We'll go as far as Dak takes us. Okay, as far as Dak takes you. So that happens yesterday. Clarence Hill Jr., who covers the Cowboys, tweeted out, Jerry Jones refused to commit signing uh, Dak Prescott to an extension because the team is taking a holistic approach to the offseason, but offered this confusing ditty. And then that's what obviously we played just now about Dak and the future. So I'm thinking about something here, guys. Mm. Dak's in his final year. No talk of a contract extension. McCarthy's in his final year. No talk of a contract extension at all. Are the Cowboys trying to go last dance here without a first dance? Are they taking this approach of, hey, we got one year to do this thing. It's our last dance. We're going to go all in on this year, considering they never had a first dance. Like the last dance with the documentary was the sixth championship. It almost feels like Jerry Jones is, hey, this is it, guys. Got to prove it this year. It's our last dance. What about the first dance? Well, I think... (laughs) He's trying to last dance into the first dance. It's like, so can you do that? I think that's what he's trying to do. Jerry Jones can do whatever he wants, so he's trying to make it happen. But it's obvious that they're going to go all in this year. Jerry said as much yesterday. He said that he's going to anticipate that they'll be all in at the end of this year. He says they're going to push the hell out of it, which to me means that he realizes that this is – you know, you know what he did? That was the verbal hourglass yesterday that Jerry Jones gave. LeBron tweeted it out. Jerry gave the verbal hourglass because he's essentially saying, we know that this is a make or break it year for Mike McCarthy. We know this is a make it or break it year for Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Both have had a lot of regular season success, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. And Jerry also said yesterday that that was one of the most painful losses of his career and that it was unconscionable. I mean, it doesn't, that doesn't sound like somebody that wants to pay Dak Prescott a whole lot of money, but I think he realizes the talent Dak has and that he can't really go anywhere else. And it's, it's now or never. Well, yeah. I I mean, I guess Jerry could feel that way, but what's your alternative? That's the part that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense to me, especially knowing that Jerry Jones is in win now mode. I, I don't know how allowing Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott to go into the season as lame ducks is going to benefit the overall culture and lead to this team being able to develop the chemistry that it takes to perform at your best when it matters the most. And and that's the part that I, I just, I don't know that this Dallas Cowboys team is going to be capable of being able to get out of their own way. I and mean, think about it. We've already seen the cracks in the foundation, the backbiting and people's family members coming out on social media and talking about other teammates and criticizing Dak. The, the volume on those criticisms and those conversations around your quarterback only gets ratcheted up if the organization doesn't make a firm commitment to him moving forward. And here's the crazy thing. It's actually advantageous for them to give Dak Prescott a new contract because it lowers his $59.5 million cap hit in 2024. So if you're going all in, if you're genuinely all in on the upcoming season, go ahead and extend your quarterback. It serves two purposes. First of all, it puts him in a better spot 
in terms of being a leader in that locker room and people respecting what he has to say. But then also, it allows you to put more talent on this team via free agency. I just don't under and taking care of your guys that have to get extended with contracts. It doesn't make any sense from a strategy standpoint if you're Jerry Jones to play out the string with Dak Prescott because the reality is you're going to have a hard time doing better than what Dak brings to the table as a quarterback. We acknowledge that Dak is top 10 at the position. He's probably going to finish somewhere second or third in MVP voting. That's the kind of campaign that he put together. Mike McCarthy clearly allowed him to take a jump from anything that we've seen through his first, what, seven years in the National Football League. And would normally that indicate an extension? That What you just said, would normally that indicate an extension? There's no question about it in my mind. That would that would, that would would basically lay the foundation for them being able to give justify giving him more money. But the fact that they want to do this, coupled with what we saw last offseason when you traded a mid-round draft pick for Trey Lance, who was a former top three pick at quarterback, it just feels like Jerry is hedging with his quarterback in a way that opens Dak up to more scrutiny than he probably deserves. But do you think he's doing that intentionally to ratchet up the pressure or the sense of urgency? Hey, if you can't get it done, we're, we are prepared to let you walk in 25. Walk and do what? Like, that's the thing. You're, you're, you're saying that you're posturing about me leaving the team after this upcoming season if it doesn't lead to the results that you're looking for. But what are you going to do to replace me? Well, you just brought up a name that is so tied into so many things right now. What a mystery. Is Trey Lance good? I mean, but that's my point. What a how, mystery how can, that is. How can you, if you're Jerry Jones, yeah. how can you use Trey Lance as leverage against me in contract negotiations? I don't think you can. That's my point. So what, what's your alternative? Like, if you're Dak Prescott and you sit across the, the table from Jerry Jones, hey, look, this is what I want from a contract. I want to be paid $60 million a year, over $200 million in guarantees over the next five years. That's what I want. And if you're Jerry, what do, what do you say? Well, we're not going to pay you that, and we're going to roll with Trey Lance? You can't franchise tag me because I have the clause in my contract. You can't trade me because I got a full no trade. So what are you going to do? You have no alternative other than, okay, we're going to let you walk out of the door. The team is always going to be pretty good, so you're not necessarily going to have a top draft pick to be able to step in and replace me on day one when I'm gone. So so what are you going to do if you're Jerry Jones? Well, You don't have a lot of great options other than to pay me. And, oh, by the way, if I pay you, then that affirms your position as a leader within this organization. So all of the other controversies that we're seeing – the optics of CeeDee Lamb in the playoff game where he was frustrated. His mom talking about how she wants him to get to the Texans. And and then uh, all of this stuff around Terrence Parsons talking about Dak needing to take a hometown disc. All of that stuff goes away if the organization says, this is our guy and here's the financial commitment to prove that we have conviction that he can take us where we want to go. But every moment that they spend posturing in the name of negotiating or in the name of whatever – Every moment that they spend doing that is another moment that allows this team to question whether or not Dak Prescott can get this get this locker room, get these players to a championship. And that's not the position that you want for to be in. All right, very quickly, guys, before we break here, yes or no to both of these questions as we sit here today with subject to change and obviously more information could change our opinion. Yes or no, is Mike McCarthy getting a contract extension at any point between now and the season? Oh, hell no. No. At this point, is Dak Prescott getting a contract extension at any point between now and the rest of the season? Yes. I don't think so. There is a chance. Again, we have a last dance before a first dance. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Here we have the greatest coach of all time who's sitting there with a lack of interest. When you have a guy who's got six Super Bowl trophies and you're not bringing him in, it doesn't really send a signal that you're really trying to win. It was Bill Belichick's job to lose. He lost it. Well, there are still openings, two of them. For Bill Belichick, we're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Not ones we expected. No. Although Adam Schefter, to his credit, the yogurt and granola eating Adam Schefter, as we learned yesterday on our show every morning, he kept hinting at the idea of don't necessarily put it in pen. Ben Johnson to Washington, Mike McDonald to Seattle. That's the offensive coordinator for the Lions and then the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, respectively. And boy, was he right, as Ben Johnson yesterday took himself out of consideration for that Washington job or the Seattle job as he signs, or he doesn't sign anything. He just stays with the Lions. By the way, we also saw this Bobby Slowick with the Texans. Gerard Johnson. Yeah, Gerard Johnson, their quarterback's coach of the Texans. Uh, this is interesting. You don't normally see this, CC. Guys just saying, yeah, I'm I'm cool being the number two or number three guy on this team versus the number one guy on that team. Yeah, well, Ben Johnson was in consideration for the Carolina Panthers job last year and decided he didn't want to take next steps and continue the interview process with them. Turns out it ended up being a damn good decision by Ben Johnson because who wants to step into that dumpster fire <laughs> other than Dave Canales, the OC from the Bucks? Nobody is the answer to the question. So good on Ben Johnson for not just taking any job, but for waiting for the right opportunity for him where he thinks that he can have success. Because we all know when you get a head coaching opportunity in the NFL, it's not a lock that if you don't succeed that you're going to get another crack at it. So waiting for the right job is the right thing to do. And Ben Johnson feels like he has unfinished business with the Lions. He feels like that's a team that can compete for a championship. As long as the head coach grows into the role a little bit more, improves with his game management, especially in big games on big stages, then there's no reason to think that the Lions can't repeat as NFC North champs and go on another deep playoff run. Yeah, and this tells you a lot about how he feels about the team and their ability to win because – 
being able to turn down an NFL head coaching job, not once but twice, I, says a lot about how comfortable he is in the position that he's in. And right? he did it without them addressing his contract, too, which yes. I think is a big deal. Like Because with Bobby Slowick, he's staying with the Texans, but they bumped up his pay. Yeah, They didn't do that with Ben Johnson, at least not right off. So we'll see what ends up happening in the remainder of the offseason, but... They didn't give him more money. He just came to this decision on his own. For sure. Um, and he knows that he's got a lot of young talent on that team. Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, Jameson Williams. And he knows that having another year with them, they're only going to continue to grow in this offense. They, This is a Lions team. They were top five in points per game, and they were first in yards per game. They had the 49ers right there to mm-hmm. advance to the Super Bowl. And when you look at Dan Campbell and this group of people and the culture there, I can imagine that you want to finish the job, that you feel like we have built something together and we're this close. And unless it's the perfect opportunity for you, whether it's monetarily or situationally for you to leave that, I, I think it would take a lot. But I think it says a lot about the state of the Lions that he wants to return. I, I'm interested in one thing, though. When you don't sign a contract extension or you have a, don't have a new contract to stay at a job, that either means you just are fine with the job forever and you're not worried about that, which I don't think he's fine with that job forever, or you have something in your back pocket. Because what you just said makes me go to a place that Joe Fortenbaugh went to yesterday on Carlin versus Joe. Are we sure that he's not in the mix for Kansas City if Andy Reid wants to walk away? He being Ben Johnson? Well, I mean, my mind went there when he turned down the the, the commander's job and the Seahawks job. Well, you know, taking his name out of consideration. What are going to be the opportunities that are around the league after 2024? Now, I guess this could be a possibility this offseason if the Chiefs win it and Andy Reid retires. Oh, I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Just Andy Reid's reaction Neither when we saw I. Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick um, leave their respective jobs. But I think about the jobs like the Dallas Cowboys. I think about the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think about what you know what happens long term in Kansas City. Somebody, what happens in Jacksonville mm-hmm. with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence? Like all, there are all of these places that have solid quarterbacks, players that we would think that are top ten at the position already in place. And if you're Ben Johnson, why wouldn't you wait another hiring cycle to see if one of those jobs shakes free? We know that the Dallas Cowboys job is going to be potentially on the table because this is Mike McCarthy's last year on the contract, and they're going to let him be a lame duck head coach. So I just think that if you're Ben Johnson, there might be opportunities with more proven functional franchises than what's on the table right now. So, yes, but. You can only go down from here in terms of how hot of a candidate you are. You can't get more hot if you're Ben Johnson. Unless you win the Super Bowl. Unless you win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to, personally. I don't, I don't project them out to win the Super Bowl next year. But now. But they're going to be a good offense, though. I mean, they were the second most explosive offense in the NFL this year. Yeah. One play of 20 yards behind the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, that's a part of his resume. They have been a top 10 offense the last couple of years. So, why, why would you think that? that aspect of the team would regress. I just don't see that happening, especially with those young players growing into prominence. You got Jameer Gibbs, who's outstanding player. Sam Laporta, who's a rookie, he made all pro. And you've got an offensive line that's built like a brick wall that's not going anywhere. So I, don't, I just don't see their offense regressing to the point where it takes the interest from Ben Johnson away going into next year's hiring cycle. Fair, fair. But it could, right? It's, it's always a possibility that's out there. Now, we still have the two openings, of course, in Washington and Seattle, which takes us back to Belichick, where we started this conversation. Now, Jory Epstein, NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports, it's part of that media session with Jerry Jones yesterday. I guess Jerry Jones said to her about Belichick, quote, I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. None. 
Why in the world would Jerry Jones comment on a free agent head coach who happens to be the greatest head coach of all time while you have an employed head coach? You know why. I actually don't. This is classic Jerry Jones, don't you think? That he do. that he's going to make a headline about this, that he's going to have all of us speculating. And Mike McCarthy is clearly on the hot seat. He doesn't know what his future is going to look like past this year. And Bill Belichick is looming out there. And then your boss says, I have no doubt in my mind I could work with this guy. He is He's making these comments, whether it's about Belichick or Dak, to ratchet up the pressure in Dallas, to ratchet up the sense of urgency. I, I think he's yeah, very same, calculated. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Smalls. It's the same reason why LeBron signs one plus one contracts, right? Yeah, one year deal with the player option because he wants to keep the pressure on the franchise. Yes. Well, this is Jerry Jones trying to keep the pressure on his head coach. I just don't know how you apply more pressure when Mike McCarthy quite literally doesn't have any job security beyond the upcoming right. season. And people thought he was going to get fired a few weeks ago. I don't know how you apply more pressure to him. But that's what he's trying to do by speculating around Bill Belichick. I, I don't think he has any interest in going down that road because what we heard about what Belichick wants from the Atlanta Falcons and why that thing fell apart is not something that Jerry Jones is going to entertain because we know that Jerry Jones is always going to have you know a lot of cooks in the kitchen and he's going to be the one that's stirring the broth. So I guess this is a situation where he's just trying to push Mike McCarthy, trying to wring everything he can out of his head coach and out of his locker room, get every ounce of potential out of him so they don't come short when it comes to playoff football. And that's the thing. Stephen Jones talked about it a little bit yesterday. Like, nobody's going to believe they can get it done until they actually get it done, no matter what happens in the regular season. And so I think this is Jerry Jones doing what he can to try to push this team a little bit further. It was a weird day yesterday in the coaching carousel. Right? I mean, like, it's not more odd than Belichick not being the coach in New England or Mike Vrabel getting, in essence, fi- well, not in essence, fired by Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But Ben Johnson was the hottest candidate out there, is going to pass on head coaching jobs, and Jerry Jones, who has a coach, is commenting on another coach. That was our day yesterday in the coaching carousel. And, oh, by the way, Steelers got an offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith, former head coach of the Falcons. But just a fascinating day yesterday in that coaching carousel. And I guess... Bill Belichick is still unemployed for now, although if you're Washington and Seattle, I mean, you're, you're still not knocking on the door. You're still going to sit there and say no, and it makes me start to wonder about this Washington gig, guys. We all thought it was great. Cap space, number two pick in the draft, new ownership, new approach. Nobody seems to want this right now. Yeah, I know that you're you're probably connecting the dots, Evan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you're surprised that they're not more interested in Bill Belichick. Yeah. I am not because I think this is a longer project for Washington. I think that they want somebody that they know is going to be there for a significant amount of time. And I just don't see Bill Belichick fitting that mold based on where he is in his life and his career. All right. Every single Wednesday, we go through our ESPN power rankings. Today, we got a fun one. ESPN top chefs. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. It's been literally 10 or 15 years, and I ordered Dolce & Gabbana cologne, which oh, I love. I would have thought Curve for men. Curve? Oh, no, not Curve. Why did you do that to him, Smalls? Why did you do that? that? You ain't right. That is a sneak dish by Smalls. Man. I went cool That is a sneak dish. I went the cool fact that she said him. you were wearing Curve. <laughs> CC, I love that you I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but CC does that it not track. Does it not That's, track? That, that would track. That would track. <laughs> Smells good in here. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. All right, each and every Wednesday, we do our ESPN Power Rankings. We pick a topic, and we rank ESPN personalities off of that topic. We've picked ESPN people we want to go out with, um, to a bar, restaurant, whatever it may be, have a good night with. We've picked ESPN personalities that we would want to babysit our children, hypothetically, in that spot, the trustworthy ESPN personalities. Well, we've been talking a ton about food recently, And as a result, we are doing ESPN personalities that we think can throw down in the kitchen. That are just amazing. That if you're going over to their home for like a dinner party and they're just all of a sudden iron chefing it up. And they're unbelievable (laughs) in the kitchen. Top three ESPN personalities with that. All right. What's the order today? Who wants to go first, second, and third? I'll go first. You always go first. Want to do a snake draft? Oh, one. Oh. All right. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so my first pick, I feel like I can't kick this off any other way. It has to be Marcus Spears. He hasn't been on my big board yet. He, he, uh, CSC pointed out, is an unbelievable chef. Swagoo has the videos of him out there cooking. I want some Louisiana food. I know it's going to be very flavorful, and we are going to eat good if I'm with Marcus Spears or I'm at the Swagoo household. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. I can attest to it. I have firsthand knowledge. The big fella knows what he's doing, especially when he's on the grill or the smoker. And I'm going to go with a similar logic. But a different personality, two-time Super Bowl champ, Booger McFarlane. Booger, I'm going to need some of them good eats, big fella. That golf south, I need all of that in my life. You know Booger McFarlane ain't missing no meals. And this dude knows exactly what time it is. Once he puts the chef hat on, he's in the kitchen. Booger McFarlane, you know he does his thing. You know his table is going to have some good eats. So Booger McFarlane is my first pick. In the snake draft. You guys all missed the obvious. ESPN top chefs. You guys missed the obvious first pick. What? The obvious first pick in the ESPN power rankings of top three chefs. There's only one ESPN personality who's also on the Food Network. The answer is Jesse Palmer, number one overall. He literally hosts food shows. The baking shows. Jesse's got to be able to cook a little bit. I don't know if that logic tracks. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually true. I'm using it. He might know good food. I don't know that he actually can cook the good food. I'm assuming by osmosis, Jesse Palmer can cook. Okay, that's fair. Smalls. Oh, no, I'm up again. Yeah, snake draft. Oh, I'm up again. My bad. All right, snake draft. Well, my number two pick in the ESPN Top Chef, you need somebody who's consistent in the kitchen. Somebody who's going to give you kind of that meal that you expect. You don't want to really be overly surprised with something that's not good. I'm going Adam Schefter. Oh. Adam Schefter yesterday on our show gave us the breakdown of the yogurt, of the granola, of all the plain food. Adam Schefter did a phenomenal job with us yesterday. I want him in the kitchen. You realize you got excited about his yes. breakfast? And you realize both of those things he did not cook. 
Doesn't were, matter. What's the, like, and he mixed them together. What's the average age that Schefter would be cooking for? Like 87? Right. Exactly. Am I not like an 87-year-old? It has though? to be all soft foods. <laughs> <laughs> Take your dentures out. Yeah. It's perfect for me. I'm an old man. I want some honey on this yogurt and granola. Nope, we can't deviate from what we have every day. Nope, not at nope, all. Nope, can't nah, do it. I don't, know. I don't know about this. Suspect pick. I'm going to go with... Our very own Jeff Saturday, friend of the show. Jeff Saturday lives in the ATL, so you know he knows good barbecue. And just listen to him talk about his diet and being a carnivore for the month of January. Like, that's just amazing. I would love to be able to do that. I don't know if my wife would let me get away with something like that. But him talking about the different desserts that he can't wait to try once the calendar flips over to February. It's clear that Jeff Saturday knows good food. And Jeff Saturday probably knows his way around a grill as well. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like you can live below the Mason-Dixon line without knowing your way around the grill. So I'm rolling with Jeff Saturday as my second pick follow in the up. ESPN Top Chef Draft. Stolen right from uh, right Mr. From Canty, my I have one. a follow-up, sir. What's um, up? Do you want Saturday... Today or tomorrow? Because tomorrow starts the chocolate cake version of Jeff Saturday it's, in February. Well, I mean, it's always Saturday on Unsportsmanlike. So, That's yeah, right. Why not? Tomorrow? Whenever. Yeah, okay. All right. It's, all, sure. it's always going to be good. Because, no, because he's eating all healthy and stuff now. Tomorrow well, he's not eating all healthy. He's eating all meat right now. That's right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he knows uh, yeah. how to broil a steak. Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy knows exactly. what to do on the exactly. grill. Exactly. And we talk food all the time when he comes in here. He's yeah. going to have a great meal. No plan. doubt. He's no a big doubt. seafood guy, too. So yeah. he's going to have something great. Okay, so I get the next two picks, right? There yes. you go. Okay, well, you you took Jeff Saturday from me, so I am going to go with another friend of the show in Dominique Fox. Hey! So after Dominique uh, unfortunately snatched my jacket and took it home with him, we were talking about food because we were talking about the code, then we started talking about food. We have very similar palates. Mm. The restaurants that he likes to go to, I also like to go to, and he's such a smart guy, and I feel like cooking is just following instructions and being able to assemble something. I bet Dominique is great in the kitchen, and I, I guarantee we would come up with a menu that we would both like. Yeah. So Dominique Foxworth next on my list. And the last Wait person- a minute. Why do I get ripped for Jesse Palmer? Because I'm assuming he can cook based on the Food Network, and you're not going to get ripped for assuming based on somebody where you buy his gift certificates. I just I I would be shocked if Dominic. Well, she actually had a cook. conversation about food she liked versus food he likes. That's right. Did you talk to Jesse Palmer? I would like to. Oh, okay. I feel like you would really like to talk to Jesse Palmer. He's he feels like Seems somebody like that would guy. would be in your in He's your in your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, I mean us quarterbacks stick together. Exactly. Okay. Last but certainly not least, you played as much as Jesse did in the NFL. <laughs> I am thrilled. Only one of our jersey up over here. Jeez, guys. I am thrilled that this person is still available for me to pick. I'm going with Molly Karam. And I know that mm. Molly can cook because I follow her on Instagram. Hey. And every Sunday, she posts what she's cooking for game day. Okay. And it's always something amazing. So I know for a fact that she can cook because I have the evidence. Nice. So I'm going Marcus Spears. Dominic Foxworth and Molly Karam. That's okay. my crew. Okay, so my last pick in the ESPN Top Chef draft, I'm going with somebody that's not a friend of the show, but I would like them to be a friend of the show. And as you sense, there is a Golf South theme to my draft picks. Okay. So staying with that, I'm going to go Sports Center LA host Stan Verrett. Ooh. Stan Verrett, come on down, big fella. We need you. We need you. I know you know your way around the kitchen and just conversations are passing. I know Stan Verrett knows what he's doing. He knows good food. So Stan Verrett of Golf South fame from that boot in Louisiana, <laughs> I need you to be a part of my team to top chef it up 
on Unsportsmanlike. So Stan Verrett rounds out my big three. So I got Booker McFarlane, Jeff Saturday, and Stan Verrett for my picks on ESPN Top Chef. All right. So um, I'm, I was really strongly considering going with someone, but I got told don't. I was thinking about going with Orlovsky, who has the weirdest food takes of all time. Yeah. But my last one, because he leans into doing food bits on college game day, I'm going with Stanford Steve. Does a phenomenal job, of yep. course, with SVP. Yep. 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 And I like that pick. on game day, like he was eating at the Texas State Fair. Like he does food things on game day at times. So he does gambling and the food. So I'll go Stanford Steve. So That's I've got pick. Jesse Palmer, who hosts on the Food Network, Schefter, who's going to be consistent with his eating, and Stanford Steve. It's my big three. I don't know. So who do we think your, won your team, this your one? team doesn't look like they're going to play complimentary ball. I don't know. Why? Well, I got a quarterback and a tight end. Stan- Steve played at Stanford, obviously. Know. There's one clear winner in this, and it's Canty. Thank you. No and, way. Yeah. Thank you. First Thank of all, you. You, you at your point, I was like, we're not doing this game anymore because those are just horrendous <laughs> picks. Why? Uh, Schefter, you wanted to go Orlovsky? Like, what are Orlovsky doing? Yeah. Why? He eats like rice cakes. I like rice cakes. <laughs> rice cakes are yeah, great. But that's okay, not so no dinner at Evan's house. Yeah, guys. right. I no go, problem, Pat. I, I mean, what do you have at the cookout? I don't understand. What are you? What are you going to serve at Stanford the cookout? Stanford Steve, I think, really saved me. Did he not? He likes to eat. Just because he can eat doesn't mean he can cook. No, but he does. He does food bits on game day, so I've got to assume he can. He does that. Yeah, I give him that credit. Yeah. But the other picks, though, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse on the Palmer food or Adam Schefter, no, no way. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.